reading from the book of Second Kings, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and verses 9 through 14. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. And now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served as Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me, he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? And so he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. The word of the Lord. All right, we're in the midst of a series of conversations about our values, and our value today is everybody gets to play. Rather than uh, asking you to try as hard as you could to connect the dots between those two texts and everybody gets to play, let me give it a stab. Uh, before I do that, our wh- here's what everybody gets to play means to us in this community, um, at least you know what, what we have written on our website and how we think about it. Female and male, poor and rich, Young and old, black, brown, and white, LGBTQ+, and cisgendered, heterosexual, all disciples are members of the priesthood of all believers. We are a gender-inclusive, queer-affirming, and anti-racist community. I see this value. Um, Follow me here. Hold on. I see this value in the scriptures today. In the young girls in these stories and the way that they are perhaps unexpectedly sources of wisdom and truth. The young enslaved girl who urges her master Naaman to go. Actually, she urges her master to go to her master Naaman to go to Elijah for healing. Uh, Naaman's a Gentile. He's outside of the bounds of Israel himself. Um, This young girl is an outsider in this foreign country who's been captured and taken captive and trafficked. And then you have the young enslaved girl in the Acts story who has a python spirit from the oracle at Delphi. And yet uh, that 
spirit possession notwithstanding, knows that Paul and Silas are servants of God preaching good news of salvation. Everybody gets to play in God's world because everyone is created in God's image. Everyone is a child of God. Everyone can be filled with the spirit of God and empowered by God. Everyone can be a priest of God. This value is so important because it resists the hierarchies and power differences that are often set up to give one group or class of people the upper hand of power and to keep another group out of that power. In the early church, the classic categories were male-female, gender, rich and poor, class, and Jew and Gentile, uh, race or ethnicity. And Paul, riffing off of those categories, those distinctions, um, those power dynamics, says in Galatians 3.28 that these power distinctions are leveled, um, that all are one in Christ Jesus. There's neither male or female or rich or poor or Jew or Gentile. All are one in Christ Jesus. That was radical. It doesn't mean that the, the categories are magically erased. They just, they don't hold the weight that they did. Uh, it doesn't mean that there aren't leaders or people of power per se, only that any leaders in God's world would be givers and distributors of power rather We can do anything. And that includes blending your weird voice beautifully amongst a crowd of happy strangers. You are good enough, we promise. Mike Frost's interest in pub choir 
was to demonstrate that people might actually like to sing in church after all, even men, uh, because there's lots of men that show up to learn how to sing and learn a harmony part. And what, what we can learn, Frost is wondering, what can we learn from the pub choir movement about congregational singing? And maybe that's not dead after all. And I think that's a fine application, but I think there's a broader application here too. A uh, pub choir, in my view, is a beautiful metaphor for the church and for our value that everybody gets to play. Uh, I want to play you their first viral video. Uh, they cover Zombie by the Cranberries. As we listen, it's okay, you can keep going. Uh, watch this video and reflect with me about how it demonstrates this value of everybody gets to
Do you have the Sambo mic, Ryan? Oh, perfect. Uh, what can Pub Choir teach us about how to be the church and everybody getting to play? What did you notice? What imagination fired for you as you watched that? I haven't started the rule where I can't talk first. No, no, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. there, no. Mm-hmm. That's just the part that you play. Sometimes you get us, you get us rolling. Um, I have to remember my points. Um, something like now, now, now. Um, I noticed that, you know, all the people who are participating are in the process of like judging each other, like the quality, you know, like it's Mm. the people not participating, like that could, you know, that are like, oh, you're not that good. Or like, oh, you know, you're probably not good enough to do this. Um, but like all the people who are like all in, they're like, yeah, this is, let's do this in the best. Um, you know, I just, it's interesting. The perspective yeah, is different, uh, when you're, when you change your role. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it's more difficult to judge when you're participating rather than just spectating. Yeah. I like that. Uh, what can pub choir teach us about being the church and everybody getting to play? Megan. Um, so I noticed like in the very front row, there were some women who were really concentrating on what they were trying to do. And like, there's some people who are like just jamming out, but there were some people that are like, I'm going to get this right. Mm. And I'm going to be serious about it. And I think just, it makes Everybody kind of comes to it with different experiences yeah. and different intensities, and that's okay. Yep. You can uh, come to it in, in different ways like that. Yep. That's good. I like that. I mean, some people, there was especially a short-haired lady who was more serious the whole time, but you could see as people were going through it, I felt like the level of comfort and joy was increasing. Like, oh, this is just going to be for fun. Like, we're not being, you know, it's not really like for a performance sake. It's just like, it seems like the purpose is like, let's just create some joy. And you could see people, I feel like, progressively getting a little more lost in it, like having a really good time. And that felt really contagious. And I don't know how they choose the songs, but it's, it's a song I feel like that's very universal. It probably induces a lot of nostalgia for people. Um, and you just wonder like what they're thinking about when they're singing it. Cause it is such a random selection of words in that song, but it evokes that strong nostalgia for me that I'm like, man, I wonder what people are thinking when they're singing it. Mm. I think the, uh, uh, the, the, sing- the lead singer of Cranberries either died right before 
they filmed this are right after. And so it was an homage of sorts. Uh, and that song, the, the, um, the song is a song of protest against violence and war and two kid, the IRA had just killed two kids, uh, in a skirmish and that the song was written as a protest. So, uh, it adds this layer of complexity to like, I mean, to, to the metaphor, you have this group of people playing all these parts and it's a, it's an act of resistance, whether or not some are aware of it. You could see it in that way. And that's juxtaposed to, I noticed as I've watched it three or four or five times and realized what the lyrics are about. There are a couple of girls that are like really into it right as they're singing about the kids getting killed, you know, you know, they're so it, you know, it's, it's complicated. Um, there are layers. Tommy. It just reminded me of, um, I think most people want to participate, you know, mm. that, that it was, it was joyous to participate. Yeah. If you make it, you know, comfortable and less awkward yeah. to do so. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I think that's part of what Frost is pushing back against is like the assumption in church that folks don't want to participate. And so we just need to like perform something and, mm. and do something that people can watch when actually what if they do? What if they, what if folks do want to participate? Uh, I'm struck that they weren't invited to like be a part of a choir for a year or two, mm. but it's just this mm. small experiment. And so thinking about the church, what if, uh, what if we thought of let's do this small thing together? And see what comes from it, mm. uh, out of joy or resistance. Yep. And then, so the ad hoc nature of, I think, a community of faith. Yeah. And the potential that's there opposed to. Yeah. Like pop-up church. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's fascinating. You are thinking of things that I wouldn't, I haven't thought of, but when I see it, that's what I love about multiple eyes seeing this. That's so great. That's what you like about everyone getting to play. Right. Ooh, uh, it yes. <laughs> Newly's ready to go. <laughs> Lunchtime. <laughs> Any other reflections that are out there? I just have a question. Oh, oh, you may not know, and I may just need to research this, but who were the people doing it and what? Like, is there. Is this a covert evangelical in, or is this just mm -hmm. a like, like you're wondering if pub choir is religious somehow? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Like, do they have an end game of? Yeah. That's so funny. And it probably speaks to right, our, own contest, yeah. <laughs> our own evangelical contest that like, yeah, some evangelical <laughs> irrelevant do this secretly. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, like, as far as I know, come a few times and then it's going to be a church song. Right. No. Yeah. No, no, no. It is, it's not religious as, you know, uh, Astrid Jorgensen, the conductor is, she doesn't, mm -hmm, she doesn't present, um, religious or talk about religion or spirituality at all. Uh, I think she just loves music and she's an arranger and a conductor and her passion is to help folks like participate in that. And so this is what this in, this is her version of a concert. Um, this is how she performs: is to enable these large bodies of people to make something together. 
Right. And it just reminds me, there was a Queer Eye episode a while back where one of the kids on the show, like, if you remember, if you watch it, but he was gay and had been kicked out of his church, but had loved the choir. And he joined a choir of people that were pretty similar, like of the, remember this one of the LGBT community who had been kicked out, but loved to sing. And they kind of formed their own choir. And like, I just wonder if maybe she shares a similar story or if some of the people there are like, I used to belong here. Maybe I don't anymore, but I miss that doing this. Like this is a place where I could do it more safely or kind of, you know, I don't know. Like, I just wonder what her story is. If she just was amazing in high school choir and wants to keep living it or, you know, yeah. Interesting question. Yeah. I'm, I love those wonderings. Yeah. I, as a uh, religious leader, I can't help but to notice the way that leadership is decentered in this video that that in performance and music and also in lots of church experience uh the the focus of the camera is inverted so that most of what you see is on the stage and then a little bit in the audience and it the, the script is flipped right in this video that every once in a while you'll see Astrid like facilitating or coordinate. You'll see the, the guitarist, but the, it, it, sh- the shift is from the stage to the streets, you know, this alleyway where everyone is. Uh, and I love that. I love, um, that the, the focus is on what, what's being drawn out of this community of, uh, of people. I think there's something too in the, um, Megan, I really liked what you said just about different levels of commitment or energy that like some people are really serious and uh, another guy's like, I'm not sure if I want to sing right here. Okay. Okay. I'll sing, you know, uh, uh, but, but to that, also that there are, there are different parts. They're blending something together. You know, there, there are different roles to play, even in this joint collaborate, collaborative project. Um, and the other thing I noticed too is just the, the, uh, the energy of it, right? The, the joy, the, the exuberance, the, uh, there's something, you know, you, the goosebump feel that when you're like, oh, I am, I'm a part of something, like we're making something together. And, and it's like reverberating in my body because it's music and music does that. You know, there's that layer. All of that I think is instructive. For that value, for for everybody gets to play. Are we ready now? Okay. We're ready. Um, you said it took three hours to teach everybody. Ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Yep. Wow. Okay. Right. So the other question. So they've done this multiple times. Do they still teach like every single time? Like. Is it the same people that come back? Is it new people? Right. Um, because I'm wondering if, like, I guess there will be different level of experiences, like somebody, hey, kind of evangelizing, like, hey, I really enjoyed <laughs> this. this. You should come on. <laughs> and so they've already been through, like, the uh-huh. boot camp. Uh-huh. But I guess they would pretty much have to do that every single time uh-huh. to make sure everybody knows right. what to do. So it's kind of like you have to start with the beginner's mind every single time. Mm. Um, because even though you're like, 
already know how to do this, but like this person doesn't. So, right. That's true. You were, that's, everybody would be learning the same new piece of music. So you might have a mechanic. Right. That's true. So, yep. but yeah, you have to come with like, I don't really know what I'm doing every uh-huh. time. It looks like on their Instagram that they like the practice goes down on someone's house, maybe. Um, it looks like maybe the practice goes down in someone's house one night. That may have been in the in the plague. That they right, that. and then um, they perform at the pub, and you pay per event. Mm-hmm. And they ask that you patronize the businesses where mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, I think the and they tell you what songs are coming up for the February one, the March one. At l- at least one of their patterns when they first got started. It was, they showed up to a pub, they got their music, they learned it, and then they perform and video it. And then the, the successive times they've done it, it is a different song every time. They've done Backstreet Boys. They've done Creep by Radiohead, which is incredible. Uh, you gotta, you gotta dig into Pub Choir on YouTube. It's so great. Right? Uh, I think, I think they have ventured into the UK, the UK, the UK, the UK. Okay. What am I from California or what? (laughs) (laughs) On the 405. I I don't know if they're in, uh, if they're in the States yet, but I like what you're raising that there is um, for it to work uh, under the assumption that you're learning something together in that, that space, that moment. Uh, uh, everyone enters as a beginner on some level. Like we're learning something, um, all together. Even if we have been before, which I'm sure there's some of that too. I kind of know how she teaches us and leads us, uh, but it's hospitable in that way to folks to enter into it. Yeah. Huh. The, uh, yeah, a little wrench of the works. This is where the metaphor breaks down for uh-huh. me. Um, let's imagine 30, 40 years in the, in the future. Uh, and some people experience some trauma at pub choir, uh, inviting people to pub choir after all of that becomes a little bit more difficult. Yep. Um, right. No, no, no. We're not like one of those pub choirs. We're different. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, is, this is factoring, uh, pub choir trauma into right, yeah, the equation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, the, the complexity of thinking about spiritual community and church community. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, in our attempt to sing songs of joy and resistance, um, there's, there's risk for people to enter that kind of space and that kind of work, mm. uh, because of what they've experienced in the past mm. where th- this doesn't have that dynamic. Mm. Um, yeah. Yep. Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder, uh, again, we, you, you can, like you're saying, we can, we can work a metaphor past its usefulness, but I wonder if there's something about a cult, the culture of a pub, um, and the, um, the, the social relaxer that is alcohol in the midst of it, but the culture of a pub that makes the, the experience, um, and the experiment particularly doable, um, because of that, like that it is, it, this is not a concert hall, at least initially, like you're entering into a space that feels more communal and social so that it disrupts the hesitations about singing with my terrible voice or whatever. Um, that's my way of wondering, like, what if, what if 
part of the way that we respond to um, uh, a lack of safety or a history of trauma is to imagine expressions that are more hospitable or that feel more safe to folks that would carry that because it, it feels like something else that wasn't that or whatever. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Mommy, final word and the word after that. You don't press You're good. Just one other aspect of the story that I'm just kind of, you prompted me to think about um, was there was, there is a leader who has some training, who has, who helps bring others along. Mm. So that's yep. kind of part of the equation as well. If there's a leader right. who has training. Yeah, that, uh, it doesn't go away, but it is, um, necessary. Yeah, it's necessary, but it's, it's repositioned at least, uh, not the main thing, not the, not the center of attention at least. Absolutely. Yeah. That leader is Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, um, we have another thing to talk about. And so I'm going to wrap our conversation about, uh, everybody getting to, getting to play. Uh, but I, I do think that is, that is good news. Um, for all of us, for the reason, Jen, that you were describing that, that it's not just a democratizing kind of power leveling kind of move, but the beauty, the creativity, the, um, um, the joy that is created when we share is just something that we can't experience unless we have multiple voices and eyes and hands and hearts that are participating, that are being the body of Christ in a particular place. Uh, and that is what's beautiful and good to me about everybody getting to play. We need each other. Um, and we're, we're beautiful when we're together. Amen.